I'm now 70 years of age. Over half of that life has been spent serving in the military. For much of that life, we have been a nation at war. I was born a few months before the Korean War broke out. I grew from infancy to preschool during its course. By the way, for historical accuracy, we're still at war in Korea. Although the parties signed an armistice to end the fighting, a peace treaty is yet to be negotiated. Vietnam consumed the evening news hours and 58,000 American lives from my junior high school years through young adulthood. Minor skirmishes in forgotten places like Panama, Kosovo, Lebanon barely tickled American consciousness. The first Gulf War, a flash in the pan to most Americans, although not to the pilots and air crews who continued for another decade punching holes in the sky as the fighter pilots say of their armed missions over the skies of Iraq. Then came the Pearl Harbor of my generation, September 11, 2001, followed by our full-time entry into the never-ending war. We dabbled in the Middle East long prior to the second invasion of Iraq in March of 2003, Eisenhower's Lebanon invasion of 1958, Beirut Marine barracks bombings, 1983, Kobar Towers, 1996, Before us, with us, and against us, the Brits, the French, the Russians, the Turks, the Persians, the Crusaders, the Romans, the Greeks. Spend a little time curled up before crackling fire with the Old Testament, the Torah, or the Koran. We're not the first. We won't be the last. The killing goes on. We've ritualized the process now. If the military is good at one thing, It's good at creating rituals, creating ceremonies. The plane lands at Dover Air Force Base, Delaware. The solemn-faced young men in uniform bear the flag-adorned casket down the ramp, past a thin line of saluting military members and a handful of civilian officials, sometimes the president, with their hands over their hearts. The remains, as the military euphemistically calls the corpse, or bits thereof, after preparation by a military morgue team, is placed into a casket and loaded on another plane for a flight into an airport near home. The flight lands, taxis into a cavernous hangar, where once again a solemn-faced detail of military members, drilled to perfection, perform the ceremony known as the honorable transfer. They slowly transport the casket from Silver Plain to Black Hearse. A general and his aides at attention, saluting, a family weeping, an ashen-faced air crew observing. The hearse pulls out of the hangar, trundles down the flight line to an airport gate. Outside the gate, ranks of motorcycles, big motorcycles, Harley-Davidson's mostly, not many rice burners, as Japanese bikes are called, ridden by aging veterans or aging sons of veterans. Patriot riders, they call themselves. No revving loud pipes, no smoking, no joking. They're here to honor one of their own. The army didn't organize them. The government that sends us to war didn't organize them. They come together on their own 
for their own. The motorcycles pull in two by two, behind the black hearse and the Cadillac limousine bearing the family. The cortege passes under highway overpasses draped with American flags. As it wins its way through villages and small towns, it passes under the extended ladders of volunteer fire department trucks. Volunteer firemen, dressed in full firefighting gear, stand at attention, helmets over their hearts. Police saluting as the procession passes through another small-town intersection. The procession ends at the funeral home, or sometimes the high school gymnasium. The spit-shined black shoes, topped by pressed blue wool dress trousers, click into place. The funeral detail, acting as one, silently obeys the quiet commands of the sergeant to remove the casket from the hearse. The flag, precisely placed over the casket. The team's movements, practiced and precise. Nearing 10,000 deaths now, we've gotten practiced and precise. A few Americans grieve. The rest go on. Most Memorial Days, but not this one. There will be a speech in a small-town cemetery. The American Legion or the VFW Color Guard, not so precise, not so practiced, mostly gray, mostly overweight, mostly aged, will fire a volley. A high school bugler, not so precise, not so practiced, will miss a note or two as he plays taps. A few remember, the rest go on. Another plane lands at Dover. <laughs>